Welcome back to another edition of the Edge Podcast. Publisher Brendan Slaughter here for BeaversEdge.com. Joined by Beaver's Edge writer and KGO radio host TJ Matthewson. Here back on the Edge Podcast, we're back following Oregon State's bye week. Beavers took last week off following the 6-2 and two start to the season. And now we're back in action this Friday, ESPN2, 7.30 against the Washington Huskies up in Seattle. Thanks again for uh, listening, watching the Big Pod. Again, Brendan Slaughter joined by TJ Matthewson. TJ, what's going on, man? How are you? Not much. Still trying to get over a bit of a cold, uh, yes. but looking forward to Friday. It's going to be... Uh, it's going to be – it should be a really good game to watch on TV, Brendan. Now, I understand you will be up there. Uh, I will be. And we'll, 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 we'll mention the weather as we, uh, we go along. But the weather conditions for Friday are not looking promising for those sitting in an open-air press box. Uh, it yeah. seems like it's going to be in the 40s. It's going to be pouring <laughs> rain. Uh, and I saw wind gusts of up to 40 miles an hour perhaps uh, as well. So that would make – that sounds like a great time to, to sit outside or – Maybe you might be going to the game up the road about uh, four hours from here. Uh, it seems see, it would seem like a little bit of fun there, Brennan. Yeah, you know, um, I didn't get a chance to go up in 2020 just because of the, you know, the fact that the world was a little different back then. And, uh, you know, I didn't make the trip up there. Last time I went was 2018, which was Jonathan Smith's first year. It was his return to Seattle. I was obviously the Beavers uh, hired him, you know, the, 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 the fall after the fall before and, uh, it was a rough game for Oregon State, as you know, uh, Washington still had a lot of their big guns left over from uh, their march to the uh, college football playoff a couple years prior. And, uh, you know, Oregon State was, again, still finding their uh, their footing under Jonathan Smith. So definitely going to be a little more interesting to go up there this time, because respectfully, TJ, uh, the last couple times I went up there in 16 and 18 Oregon State really wasn't on Washington's level. So it's going to be interesting. That's I'm putting excited. it lightly. Yeah, I'm excited to go up there uh, as a media member. I went there a handful of times uh, in the 2000s uh, as, as a fan, obviously. But being up there as a media member with, you know, a game that potentially could determine the final standings, you know, in what would have been the North or just kind of the pecking order, I I'm, I'm stoked. But like you said, UW, looking at you. Just like I'm looking at Autzen Stadium, which is the same way. Ooh, just got to throw that in there real quick. They'll open up their press box. So it's fully open to the elements. Not as if you're going to get, you know, wet, but, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty cold, pretty windy. And, you know, um, I make no bounds, TJ. I'm, I'm a spoiled media member. I like to be warm and cozy in the press box, but, you know, I'll be all right. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a blast. I just don't really understand, like, press boxes like above the I don't know pick a pick a, a longitude line that you <laughs> to go above that you yeah know, just, edit, just like you know open air yeah. press boxes like I know the Mariners press box is is somewhat open air too because they have similar sort of like garage door windows right, right. on their press box thing is something similar but uh, again like it, it right on the water and such like it just it, yeah. it, it won't be it won't be the most pleasant experience it's going to be late it's yeah. going to be probably the coldest time of the day and just sort of a, a, a really miserable weather atmosphere, it sounds like. But yeah. for the play on the field, I think this levels it out immensely. So my words, Brendan, on this pod last week that uh, if Ben Goldbranson is going to start up in which, Seattle on Friday, which, which all it sounds, like he, was, all it sounds like he is. Jonathan Smith was on Jim Rome today and said, yep. whether intentionally or not, it sounded – 
slightly like he intentional. was giving away his hand a little bit yeah it, it sounded slight, slightly intentional he didn't say oh by the way uh ben goldranson is starting this week right i believe his exact words were uh he's gonna have to uh he's gonna have to he's gonna be playing on the road for us this weekend or something right, like that exactly um it sounds like he's gonna start now with this weather it takes away the weather and the wind i think takes away the biggest advantage UW has which is I think a, a pretty big quarterback mismatch. I've made it a point this no week to go watch some Michael Penix. And man, that guy looks good. Holy moly. Yeah, he, very he's much just so. sits in the pocket, scans. I mean, it's not one guy. It's not a one read offense. I mean, he's sitting back there. He can move two and he's going read one, read two, read one. Right. Boom. And there's not really a throw he hasn't really made. He, he He's making throws on all three levels. Uh, right. of the defense and he's not picking a favorite side really either he's just really letting it rip and why UW has the best passing offense in college football but the wind's gusting and it's yeah. rainy that doesn't make for great throwing conditions and it really sort of leans the ball the the way sort of the Vegas line did it's sort of leaning its way back towards Oregon State I think it opened at about a touchdown I think it opened six and a half uh, and it's down to four um for three Oregon and a half. state on the road three and a half yeah as of, or as three and a half wow right okay well there we go three so and, the, and right that now. right that right there is pretty much home field advantage so vegas sees these two teams at about equal which i would probably confirm these two teams are, are are about equal uh on the football field this year so it really is sort of a a fascinating matchup of how it's going to be and how the huskies are going to handle the rain versus how the beavers are going to handle this weather no doubt i think that's that i i mean t- it's it's funny because you know it feels like you know, I feel like I, I wrote this last year. I forget which game it was, but there was – I can't remember if it actually happened, but there was an atmospheric river scheduled to hit one of the games last year. And I remember writing about it. It's almost kind of like Oregon State has to at least play through one monsoon uh, a season, TJ. But let's uh, – let us let me put my, my weather cap on here. We'll go to Chief Meteorologist Slaughter over here. We'll take a look at what <laughs> it's supposed to look like uh, Saturday night. Uh, let's see. As of now – supposed to be 38 degrees warm yum right yeah on the water on the water Um, 38 degrees warm toasty um winds 10 miles an hour that's actually come down from what i saw earlier in the week which was maybe going to be 15 to 20 chance of rain 80 percent and rainfall expected to be about half an inch so if that holds and you know specific northwest right things can you know it's not very hard for something to evolve into Saturday morning or to evolve into Friday afternoon or evolve into Friday after the game. So that's going to be something interesting to watch. But if the weather comes as we expected, TJ, there's no way that Washington will be able to have the exact passing offense without any issues that we've seen from them all season, right? There, Even yeah. in some small way, they're going to be impacted. And I see that as a huge advantage for Oregon State in this matchup. Yeah, I think so, too. And it's going to be curious to see how they really adjust. I'm trying to think back to all their games and the, the probably the coldest weather the game they played in was last week at or no, it would have been two weeks ago at Cal. Right? right. And two weeks, if we're thinking back two weeks ago, that's, you know, right, uh, right after the weather turned. But really, uh, it was they still were on the road warm. down in California. It, it was yeah. like, you know, and it was dry down there at Cal, yeah. I think. Um, yeah. And then the rest of their games, the, the ones they played at home, it's been warm and sunny and uh, oh, ideal yeah. passing conditions and I don't know you hear this a lot in the NFL but uh, passing as the weather gets colder just gets a little trickier the ball doesn't you know fly as straight it's a little harder to grip right. 
It's a little harder to catch when it's cold out and your hands are, are frozen as rocks. Right. So if UW adapts and their passing offense looks like normal, I hate this matchup for Oregon State. I honestly do. Um, if that is the case and Michael Penix comes out and he's just chucking the ball down the field and, and looks like he's, it's not affecting him at all, I think right. that's an issue because I'm sort of skeptical on, on the, the Beavers' ability to, to get to Penix uh, behind the line. I think in pass protection, they've done a pretty good job of, of, of protecting him, and they've also done a very good job as well as not turning the ball over. I think they're uh, – let's see, they've only lost six turnovers this year, which is top six in the whole country. Right. Um, which is mighty important and, and probably something they would need to do. Uh, something that Arizona State did when they beat UW down in Tempe. Something UCLA did when they beat them also on a Friday night down at the Rose Bowl. Um, right. So it'd be something to think about. And I, I, I watched back that game down at UCLA, and that was a game where Michael Penix really was pressing a lot, it seemed like, through, through a couple interception to, in, interceptions into double coverage. Um, and something I'd, I'd want to see the Beavers do on Saturday and something they'll, ha- they'll really have to sort of rattle his cage a little bit to, to knock right. off. I don't really think you can just let him sit back there in a clean pocket and sort of survey. As good as your secondary is, they can't cover forever. Um, and it, it, will, it will probably not work out well, especially, you know, with Ben Goldbranson starting. I just don't like the quarterback matchup. I think there's just right. too big of a gap there uh, between the, exp- the fifth-year experience, I think, of Michael Penix and – Ben Goldranson starting now his fourth career game um, on the road in one of the more hostile environments in the whole country. No, I, I think that's, <clears throat> excuse me. I think that's a really good point. And, you know, oh, excuse me. I thought I had to sneeze there for a second. Um, and, you know, I think with the case of this particular matchup, I would see your point TJ, but I would counter and go Washington's passing offense has been great. But by far and away, the strength of this Oregon State football defense is that secondary. And you yeah. talk about what that secondary has been able to do this year, whether it's, for the most part, you know, Cam Rising had one of his worser games, not really a word, but lower performancing games of the year, you know, against the Beavers. Caleb Williams, oh my goodness, that dude struggled for, you know, three and three quarters quarters, yeah. um, you know, and, you know, you go back, you know, I, I would like to think that the last quarterback that, quote unquote had their way with Oregon State was maybe Jake Hayner. And I, I, I think that was the only one really. I went right, back and, and I tried to check all the passing numbers. He was right. He his numbers stood out opposed to the right. rest. I think Cam Ward got close in yards, but Cam Ward threw the right. ball like 55 times and they only scored 10 points. So right. And I think more than anything with with um uh, um with that Jake Hayner game and I think that's what you're seeing TJ also is the coincidence there who did Jake Hayner learn how to play college ball from? Kalen from DeBoer. Kalen DeBoer, yeah. Who is, you know, up at Washington right now. So I think there's some similarities there. And I think the good news with that, TJ, is obviously, you know, I, uh, somewhere this week, you know, Jonathan Smith had the quote, like, you know, I, I can't remember if it was press conference or one of the radio shows where he was like, they look a lot like Fresno State, but with better receivers. And, yeah. you know, and, and I see it because you look at Oregon State in that game. That was a shootout type game where the Beavers needed to have all the offense they they could muster because, you know, they didn't pick it up on offense. They were able to, you know, hold Jake Hanner and Fresno State to some crucial field goals that in otherwise they wouldn't have won the game. Mm -hmm. And I think back, TJ, to how in the second half they were were able to get pressure on Jake Hanner and kind of flip the script of how comfortable they were moving the football. And I think when you tie in 
the rain and conditions aspect of this weekend, the ability for them to speed up Penix's clock, I think is going mm-hmm. to be kind of a subplot of what we're looking at here, just because I agree with you, you can't cover forever, but if there's a strength of this Oregon state defense, it's those guys in the back end. I mean, Katana Oladapo, yeah. Ryan Cooper, Rajon Wright, Jaden Grant, Alex Austin, those five guys this year have been rock stars, whether it's, yep. you know, looking at the snap counts that we publish at Beaver's Edge each week, and it's those same guys getting the majority of the snaps and a few other guys, uh, you know, working their way in. But those five guys have played just lockdown ball uh, down there in the back end. And I think they give Oregon State, you know, a chance to win every game. Uh, let's look at the numbers here, TJ. You just mentioned it. UW, high-flying passing offense, 380 yards a game. But the Beavers, top half in the Pac-12, allow just 230 through the air. So is it lazy or just flat-out true, TJ, to say that is the matchup that's going to determine this game? It is, but and that's why we bring it back to weather. If it was going to be a dry night, right, you, we're, we're just thinking about that. I don't have the number. Brendan, do you have the number up of where the Beavers are in sacks this year? And I know – I don't think they track Yeah, pressures. I don't have it in front of me. Yeah, I don't have it in front of me. Let me see if I I don't can... know if they track pressures, but really – when, when Oregon State, this defensive line has really gone up against some of the better uh, better pass-blocking teams in the conference with the better offensive linemen, Utah, USC, et cetera, they, they, they didn't really – they got some pressure on the quarterback, but they were never ever really to get the quarterback down. I think I remember they sacked Caleb Williams one time. Uh, Cam Rising didn't really have too tough of a time, um, you know, operating so here's, from the pocket and moving around a little bit. Go ahead. Yeah, here's a little nugget for you to uh, to uh, add it in. Not exactly sacks, TJ, but uh, as you know, we 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 get uh, access to some pro football focus stuff at Beaver's Edge. Again, reason you want to be subscribed—that's uh, premium material. So it's 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 pretty great. And uh, one of the things that it shows, TJ, the last three games have been Oregon State's best pass rushing metrics all season. After the first. Uh, one, two, first five of the season were average at best. Yeah, and my eye so, test would confirm that. Yeah, so, and actually, more specifically, the best pass rush of the year was Washington State, and I would believe that from watching that game is they put a lot of pressure on Cam Ward, so maybe they're starting to figure yep. out a little something there. Uh, you got a chance to talk to, uh, to Isaac Hodgins today as we're recording this podcast on a Tuesday, and, uh, you know, he kind of talked he a didn't have, about He the, didn't have much to say today. <laughs> yeah, um, talking a little bit about the defensive line and him kind of being back. I think that group as a whole, TJ, is just starting to get a little bit more cohesion. Yeah. You know, Hodgins mentioned to you right off the back, he right off the bat, excuse me, that he feels that he's back to 100%. That's great. You know, James Rawls, Sione Lolohea, you know, numerous others. But I, I think we've seen progress in the last few weeks is what I'm getting at. I'm just waiting for that, like, A-plus defensive game on the road, yeah. which we haven't seen. We nope. haven't seen, right? It, nope. Like, it has not been there. Those A-plus defensive games have all been at home, on the road. Act, like, it's yeah. been, again, not few this and year. far between not on the road. Year. Yeah, We'll check in USC last year, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they still gave up a, 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 a quite a few yards in that game. That's true. Uh, That's if point. I go back and remember, right? Yeah. Um, but, uh, um, like, I just want to see this unit on the road, like, make a difference. Like, not right. the secondary. Like, the whole group, make a difference You're on right. the road. Because – if this is sort of like a Fresno State script, um, Brendan, 
will the Beavers win this game? I don't think so. Like, I don't, right? if, I don't, if, it, if it's that much, I mean, I remember in the second yeah. half against Fresno state, you mentioned they were getting more pressure. They're also blitzing a lot. And I remember one key, I think third or fourth down late in the game where they send, I think eight guys at Hainer to try and get him to the ground. And he hangs in there for just long enough and then hits his guy on a slant all the way inside the five. Um, yeah. And that's something Michael Penix could do. Michael Penix is one of, is probably a top five passer in the whole country. If I were to get, if if you were to you know pull some some NFL execs or guys who just watch the game, I, right. I I don't think that's really a stretch to say uh, in this system that he is really that good. And right. if the Beavers end up having to send seven guys to get to him, I think that's going to be a little bit of trouble against a team that is really just creative offensively and really spreads you out. So allow me to nitpick real quick, TJ. Yeah, because I I have some thoughts real quick. Sure. Could you make the claim? that this is the best defense Washington will face all year and haven't faced a defense this good all year. All respect to Cal, they just went and got cooked by Bo Nix at home. Uh, Arizona, not so sure. Arizona State, not so sure. UCLA, how many points they give up to Oregon? Stanford, we know that defense is so-so. And then you got Portland State, Michigan State. I haven't seen a defense on this schedule, TJ, where I'm like, yeah, Penix went up against a dominant defense. Now, so the, his next yeah. two weeks as they play Washington – or excuse me, they'll they be the Oregon. two best defenses they play probably. Yeah, so I – you know, that, that's all I'm saying. Is I'm, I'm, is, do you think there could be something there, or am I looking for too good of a stat? Well, I don't, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I mean, you, you do need to be tested. You always need to be tested. So uh, I, I do think the Huskies will be tested – but I think Oregon State will also be tested, right? They've had the benefit the last three weeks during this winning streak of playing some mediocre offenses to right. at best, right? At best. Colorado, not. Wazoo, eh, probably yeah. mediocre. Stanford, m- mediocre, yeah. right? So I, it, it, it will be a barometer for, for who's yeah. going to be most ready, who probably utilized their bye week better. Uh, I don't, that's not a perfect – that's probably an unfair argument. But – you know, it, it, it is going to be a, it is going to be a test, but I, I think that defensive line is going to be very important this week. Um, yeah. And to just, go back, just yeah. go ahead. Sorry. I'm done. Oh no. To go back <laughs> to your question. I think, um, I, yeah, I would not pick Oregon state in this game confidently. If no, I would, not. if, if, if the weather wasn't a factor now with that all being said, I think as of right now, I, I am going to pick Oregon state to win this game. I think, they have a good chance to do so, but you know, I, I know some, some may disagree or everyone's got an opinion, which is totally fine. But you know, my thing is, and I've maintained TJ for the last month, I think Oregon state's offensive ability is capped with Ben Goldbrinson at quarterback. I agree. Now, because of that, I don't think they can get into a shootout like Fresno state style and be able to win. You know, everyone's yep. quick to say, you know, chance Nolan, the turnover machine, this, that, you know, people are real quick to forget that two weeks before that USC game, Chance Nolan takes you on a game-winning drive with a buck five left on the clock. I know it's Fresno State, but leads you down and, you know, helped you score 30 points. won you the game. Yeah, and mm-hmm. um, not to say that I don't think Ben can't do that. I think he's growing every week, and I think the player we're going to see Friday is growing immensely from the player we saw come in in Salt Lake City uh, mm-hmm. a month ago, and that's great. That's what experience will get you. But I think his 
upside as a passer is still limited. I think his pocket presence is still limited. I think his mobility aspect is still limited. Now, will he maybe be a little more safe with the football than Chance Nolan at times? I would agree with that. But at the same token, I would argue he's also more prone to making more of like, that's a freshman interception. Like we saw, Yeah, I believe it was against Colorado that they reviewed and took the interception away where um, it hit the ground. Um, Probably, and, yeah. I think that's, yeah. The, that's it. Yeah, I think you – I believe you were next to me. I was just trying to make sure I wasn't remembering the Washington State game. But I believe it was a Colorado game. If not, it was Washington State game. That was a really bad interception that got, you know, saved by it unfortunately hitting the ground. Yeah. But, um, you know, that's just my thought with Ben is I think – I still think he's got potential. I think you can't not look at a 3-0 and record as a starter. But I think you also have to look at it in context and go, Colorado's horrible. Washington State, Beavers played an absolutely tremendous defensive game plan. Yeah. And Stanford, I'm going to maintain, you had a couple players make epic plays that they will tell their children about one day. So To win the game. Yeah. And here's what, so, I'll, here's what I'll say about that, know. too. What do you, especially you in college on, football. Especially yeah, in college you, football. Yeah. Your record is not what is – your record is not what you say you are. It, it, it Your record is not what uh, – what's the right wording? It's like your record is not always who you are. Right. Right. It is not – it's not like a perfect stat, right? Because, um, you know, 7-1 Oregon – or well, pick a team. 7-1 USC and 7-1 Tennessee, are they equal? Probably not. No. Right? No. Um, so the, like just a tiny example, it would wishy-washy, et cetera. And we just essentially just broke down that argument right there. The other thing about this weather. So we talk about it balancing out for, to, to sort of neuter the, the, the Washington passing attack. Well, Good I'm, I'm, Good I'm sort of, I know, right. The, the, Good the, word. That's what I have my, that's what the journalism degree is for. I know. Right. Good word. Good but word. I look on the other side too. And I think this is going to sort of even out on the other side because where the real weakness is, I think for this Husky defense, I don't have the stat that I remember I saw, I think last week, that their biggest issue is explosive plays in the passing game. And overall, it's really left a huge dent on their passing defense. I mean, passing efficiency defense, they're 119. Passing yards allowed, they're 100th. Um, Let's see, total defense, they're 60th. Um, And third down defense, Brendan, 127th. That's almost last in the yeah. entire country in third down defense. That's pretty big, but I, I, I have a, a feeling a lot of that third down defense is through the air. And if it's, you know, dumping half an inch to an inch of rain with 10 to 15 mile an hour winds on Mont Lake on, on Friday night, I wouldn't imagine the Beavers are going to let Ben Gobrants and, you know, go out there and chuck it 45 times to right. sort of attack the weakness. And if you look on the ground, I mean, that's where UW is good. That defensive line, especially their edge players, are really good. You know, 21st in rushing, 28th in red zone defense, and they're, tw- they're 13th nationally in sacks as well. Uh, so yeah. to keep an eye on. Although I thought it was kind of weird, Brendan. Their, their tackles for loss, they're 72nd in tackles for loss, which right. is middle of the pack. But if you go to sacks, they jump all the way up into the top 15. I thought that was a little curious. That, that is a good point. I think that would kind of go along the lines of what you're seeing from that run defense, uh, TJ. And that's something that I, I do want to make sure we make note of before the uh, before we you know finish our thoughts on UW. And that's that 
you know, Oregon State's run defense been great this year. Uh, you know, top half the Pac-12. Washington's even better. Uh, Oregon State's allowing 120 yards on the ground uh, per year or per game. Excuse me. UW only 110. TJ, that is another just yeah. like the, um, you know, like we talked about Washington's passing offense versus Oregon's passing defense. If the Beavers can't run the ball in this game, at the pool, man. Oh, it's like, done. Like it's done. I mean, that's. Yeah. That is the absolutely crucial key of this game is can that offensive line open up holes for Damian Martinez, you know, Jam Griffin, Deshaun Fenwick, and, you know, take that pressure off Ben. Because like you said, if they force him Ben to throw in conditions, I, I just don't think their success rate is going to be great. But nope. nevertheless, you know, it's it's you play the games for a reason. And sometimes the way that it, you know, shakes out isn't, uh, you know, what's predicted. But the over-under – has come down from 60 to 56 in this game too, TJ. That's so still pretty high. So I that's think. what, tw 20, yeah, into the 20s and 30s, so per-ish. So I'm curious, you know, kind of to see how that all shakes out as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Oregon State's key to success in this is, is definitely going to be establishing that run game and limiting the big plays from Penix, and hopefully you'll get a little bit of aid from, from the weather uh, in, in doing that. Yeah, and they're going to need some turnovers in this game too. I mean, yes. it, like we just didn't, well, you can't understate it own. enough. Yeah, I mean, you just can't understate it enough every week. It was a big emphasis when we were talking to the coaches today, and they're like, "Yeah, the biggest thing about the rain, obviously, is the ball getting out of your hands because it's too wet and it's too slick, um, and just the amount, like the amount of you know, swing on a game when the ball will bounce sure. your way, and uh, is just you know, absolutely immense. What if you know, Huskies muff a punt." You know, they sure. fumble a ball deep in their own territory. I mean, that's all that yardage. You don't you don't have to lean on your quarterback to get. You only have to get, you know, the X amount of yards into the end zone. Right. Um, so that that is something to think about. I'm also curious about, uh, you know, probably a Husky fan or someone who really watches the Huskies a little bit more in depth than I do. But I have an answer to this. How much of that Husky run defense is teams just not running because the Huskies are, you know, scoring so many good points point. and point. sort of jumping Very ahead of you? Point. I don't. I don't know. It might be a little yeah. bit of both. It's kind of yeah. hard to keep that number down, even uh, if you have a poor run defense and you're still ahead. Um, yeah. But it's just just something to think about. Yeah, and you know the other thing, just kind of going back to to that and you dub. You know, I've I'm not. You know, I was the one that you know four or you know however many weeks ago when Washington raced out to their four and zero start was kind of like pump the brakes, you know, and then they just proceeded to lose two straight road games to UCLA and Arizona State. I'm not convinced that UW isn't a team like we just talked about TJ who really, if their record was, or if their schedule was a little tougher, wouldn't be five and four or excuse me, five and three, or, yeah. you know, maybe even four and four, because again, I just want to reiterate Kent state, horrible Portland state, not good. Then number 11, Michigan state. We all know that team pretty overrated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely um, not the 11. Uh, that's why Stanford. I should abolish, abolish preseason right. rankings. Right. Uh, Stanford, yeah. um, you know, we know Stanford. I, I think UCLA is a good team. I'll, I'll give you that. They lost that yep. game by eight. But, you know, okay, there, there's the game. Uh, and then Arizona State, Arizona, and Cal, I, I just don't see a lot there. And I think you're going to find out a lot about UW when they play two ranked teams in two straight weeks. And, yep. you know, with that, I think Oregon State's, you know, tough schedule. I think the Beavers are a little bit more battle-tested. TJ, do you think yep. I'm off there? No, I don't think you're off. And really only one game where it felt like the Beavers would not win was that Utah game. I mean, that's yeah. I think the only game you look at and you're like, it's just not it's not happening today. 
Um, right. But otherwise, I mean, you've really had some tough, tough tests this year. I mean, yeah, I could start with Montana State, but the Beavers made that out to be, you know, sort of a joke of a game right. where they nearly put up 70 points. So that was even fun. The, the rainy – Montana State still had a very good year this year. Um, can we go back to that? Can we go back to, the, like, the 70 degrees and beautiful it was on um, that Montana State game? Like, I'm down, okay? I'm, I'm ready. I miss the, sun, I miss the sunlight time, already, man. too, man. The lack dude, of sunlight's sad. already it's taken its thing, toll. Dude. It's already that taken is its a toll. Real thing, dude. Um, yeah, but no, and then, you know, yeah. Fresno State, we, you faced a good, a really good Fresno State team on the road. The record really doesn't reflect it now, but that's because Jake Hayner was out. Uh, and They're they, Hayner, right? Hayner took him back from, I think, a 10 point deficit with a minute left against San Diego State yeah, on Saturday and brought him back to they're win. Back. Uh, yeah, and then good. you faced, you know, you faced the probably two, I mean, uh, this is an off the brand thought. Great year in the pack for quarterbacks, man. Oh man, it is just it has been really good. Michael Penix is just one of them. But then you go Caleb Williams, Cam Rising back to back, and you know you had USC on the ropes, didn't beat, right. didn't win. Sort of shot yourself in the foot against Utah, didn't win that game. But then you 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 know you come out of it and you you're again played bad against Stanford, still won. Uh, didn't play great on offense versus Wazoo, but your defense bailed you out, still won, and then you did what you should against Colorado and you beat the crap out of them. So, right. Um, you know, I agree, but I, this is going to be the toughest environment they'll play in. I think this year, yeah. Friday night, weather, tough passing offense are, I mean, is Michael Penix better than cam rising? I mean, it's, it's up probably up for debate. Probably each has how, their own strengths. How well attended do you think, how well attended do you think the game will be on a Friday night? Does that help Oregon state maybe be, not have a sellout crowd for you to It'll be a good crowd. I doubt it's going to sell out. It's so late. Yeah. 730. Yeah. Come on. Which is, which with ESPN two is really like a 740 kickoff and you get 740 kickoff in a three yeah. hour and 45 minute game with all those yeah. commercials. It's going to be a long night. Dude, it'll be a late night. I'm happy at my hotel. It's just, you're going to, you're going to stay up and call in, listen in. <laughs> listening to the post I mean, game I might, show. I mean, it might be live calling in live from the <coughs> Seattle, uh, Seattle press box, man. I mean, oh, I'm, there we go. I'm, I'm happy I got my hotel uh, on that side, which is not too far, a couple miles from the stadium because uh, it's going to be late. But where's uh, your hotel? At? Which one? Uh, kind of near the Space Needle. Kind of near oh, the nice. Space Needle. Yeah, nice. so it should be uh, it's should little, be a good time. It's a little far so, away, yeah. but that, that'll be good. Yeah, but no, um, uh, Keenan Punkocher and I will be up there for uh, for Beaver's Edge this weekend. So make sure to stay <laughs> tuned for uh, all the content that we'll be uh, we'll be bringing. Obviously, TJ's glowing eight and oh projection is it's on, on the line, line. Uh, so i'm sure to... so torn brendan yep. i don't know yep. i i'm gonna have to really just sort of meditate on this you need to zen days. in dude you need to zen in and like, i i yeah, cannot because... i need to i i'm not gonna lose a game this year i'm yeah, i'm, I'm, so I'm gonna TJ... make that dedication to not do that tj's been perfect so again uh, we'll have the staff predictions, the injury reports, uh, all that stuff uh, on Thursday uh, this week, obviously with the game being on on Friday, uh, at late game. So everything's kind of moved up a, a little bit, obviously, recording this podcast on a Tuesday as opposed to our normal Wednesday. But again, Oregon State's wrapped up their media availability for the week. They're locking things down, getting ready, uh, obviously, for the matchup. So make sure to stay tuned to beaversedge.com as we'll have Complete coverage leading up to, during, and obviously a post-game of that matchup. Going to be an exciting atmosphere. I'm stoked. It's, you know, the, I'm no disagreement. I'm to go up. All my, all my responsibilities are here in Corvallis, <laughs> so I have to stay here. But a little bummed I don't get to go home and see this game. I've, 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 I grew up two, two and a half miles from Muskie Stadium. I've never been. 
not once. Oh man. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's definitely, I went to old Husky stadium, uh, when it had the track, you know, back in the old days. And then I've been yeah. a couple times as a media member, a uh, post, um, two things. I've been there on a sunny day. It is the greatest setting in college football that I've seen. Without a doubt. Without uh, a with doubt. my eyes, I've heard sailgating at Knoxville, Tennessee is pretty epic. Sailgating at Baylor, pretty epic too. But you know, greatest. But you can't. But a, at Baylor and Tennessee, you can't see the Cascade and the Olympic Mountains while you're, you know, sitting on your boat with all the I'll pine trees that. and the yeah. and the elevation and the you know the clean air sure. when it's not summer um, and <laughs> such. It's 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 really like like but a yeah, late September a September game with warm weather in oh, Seattle beautiful. for any sport is Unbe- awesome. unbeatable. Unbe- and unbeatable. that's why I said, like, it's, it's an awesome stadium. Uh, it's massive. Uh, like I said, the press box is, is out of this world to this day, other than the LA bowl shout out Stan Kroenke and his uh, fine <laughs> accommodations uh, in the SoFi stadium press box, which I don't think will ever be topped, but no one cares about my press box musings, but you know, it's uh UW's a good one. So it's definitely going to be fun. Uh, TJ, we got only a couple minutes left here on the podcast. Uh, I got to get your thoughts on, on a grievance uh, Bieber related, but not related to this specific thing. The NFL trade deadline was today and uh-huh. our boy, Brandon cooks was left in houston was yeah. not traded i personally very surprised at that i thought he'd get moved that is a little surprising and i'm a little bummed for him tj he was liking tweets from people this morning yeah. saying brandon cook should go here brandon cook should go and here he, and he put out the the standard nfl receiver like cryptic tweet yeah, which always yeah. makes me laugh i'm a little yeah, surprised wanted, he didn't get traded yeah. I thought he could have gone to like the Seahawks, could have gone to the Packers, et cetera. Yeah. Um, he's probably a little disappointed he didn't get traded, but I know they traded their president of traded. They fired Jack Easterby, their president of football mm. operations last week. So that probably put their front office in a little bit of a flux. So yeah, pa- interesting, interesting to see. Yeah. Apparently the sticking point was, uh, you know, Brandon Cooks makes a, makes a good amount of coin right now. So he's, and the uh, thing is know, they could probably get just as much as they traded away. They got for Deandre Hopkins. For, right, for and that's the Cooks. thing. You is, would think a second round pick, maybe. Yeah, he'll get moved in the offseason. I certainly think after this little bit of awkwardness, Houston's not his long term home. And I think Brandon's got a few more years of productive NFL football. But just the Bieber that was, you know, out and about, his names were thrown out in trade uh, trade news and wanted to uh, make sure to uh, check in on that. But again, Brandon Cooks staying in Houston. But Back to us, ourselves. We'll be uh, in Seattle this weekend. Uh, Beaver's Edge will be live. Make sure to keep it uh, locked to beaversedge.com. As we mentioned, we'll have uh, predictions, the injury report uh, leading up uh, to the game, and uh, and much, much more. So, again, TJ, I want to thank you for jumping on the pod, man. A lot of fun, as always. And uh, looking forward to uh, talking next week. We'll be talking about uh, the atmospheric river and if there's uh, still uh, rain in my clothes. So we'll see. Take good care of my home, Brendan. Yeah, will do, man. Well, again... Thanks for uh, tuning into this edition of the Edge Podcast. For TJ Matthewson, this is Brennan Slaughter signing off. We'll talk to you guys next week.